Chapter 4 The Yerks are right there in our forest. Fine, Rachel said, with her usual enthusiasm for anything dangerous. Let's go take a look. If this is a Yerk operation, we have to be careful, Marco said. They're expecting us. Expecting us? Tobias said. Marco nodded. Look, the Yerks believe we're a band of Andalites, right? They think only Andalites can morph. They figured out that the forest is the only place a group of Andalites could be hiding. Let's face it, if we were Andalites, we wouldn't exactly be able to rent an apartment. So we'd be in the forest, just like Axe is right now. Jake nodded. They want to use the logging operation as a way to go Andalite hunting. Right, which means they think we're out in the forest. So they have to be prepared for an attack. They are going to be totally ready for any strange group of animals that show up. I agreed with Marco, but there was another question that was bothering me. How did they ever get permission to cut trees in a national forest? Marco rolled his eyes like I was being an idiot. Who cares? The fact is, they did. If we're going to take a look at this place, we can't show up there in a big group, Jake said. We split up, go in two groups, in different morphs. We see what we see, but we do nothing. Agreed? Everyone nodded. So... If it's okay with everyone, I'll go in with Rachel. I'll morph the peregrine falcon. Rachel, you can morph your bald eagle. Tobias will show us the way. That's a lot of excellent eyes to look things over. Cassie, you go in with Marco. Get a different perspective. Why can't I go with Rachel? I asked. It's not that I don't like Marco. He just grinds my nerves sometimes. Because you and Rachel just egg each other on, Jake said. He knew about the rat thing. He definitely knew. Still, it kind of bothered me. Oh, you mean like you and Marco egg each other on? Jake nodded and gave me a wink. You could say that. Yep, exactly. Ten minutes later, Marco and I were walking across the far fields of my farm, wading through tall grass toward the edge of the forest. The forest is huge. It reaches all the way back up into the mountains, Thousands, maybe millions, of square miles of pines and oaks and a scattering of birch trees sweep down from the mountains all the way to the edges of town. Our farm is right on the edge. Lots of farms are, and some new housing developments and so on. It was clear evening, so the mountains showed up pink and lavender in the setting sun. There was a cool breeze, loaded with the smell of wildflowers. Two of our horses were grazing off across the field by the fence. It was a safe area, so we let the horses run free at night in nice weather. Of course, now that wolves were being reintroduced into the forest, we might have to change that. A wolf pack can bring down even a healthy, strong horse. I know. I've been a wolf. And I was getting ready to be one again. We reached the edge of the forest. It began very suddenly. One step was on grass, the next step on pine needles and fallen leaves. It was darker under the trees, and as we walked into the forest, it grew darker still. I craned my neck back. Looking up, I could still see blue sky overhead, but the sun was going down and night was growing near. Creatures of the day were winding down their activities, and creatures of the night were opening their eyes. Might as well morph now, Marco said. Yes, we'll move faster in wolf morph, I agreed. He grinned at me. Does it ever creep you out? All this morphing, I mean. I still remember the first time. It was so bizarre. It's still bizarre, 
I said. Even for you? Why not for me? I asked. Maka shrugged. You're the morphing queen. I laughed. <laughs> oh, please. We all morph. Yeah, but even Act says you have some kind of special talent. Like you have more control or whatever. He says you're even better than he is. That doesn't make it any less creepy for me, I said. I mean, we're in the forest, the sun is going down, and I'm getting ready to turn into a wolf. This could be a horror movie. Wolfman. Wolf woman, I corrected. The wolf couple. We shoved our outer clothing under some brush, and I began to morph. I focused my mind on the wolf whose DNA was a part of me. Marco and I were actually the identical wolf. We had both absorbed the DNA of the same female. I felt my jaw stretching and stretching outward. The bones made a slight grinding sound as my small, weak human mouth became the powerful, crushing jaw of the wolf. My human mouth and teeth could barely cut through a tough steak. The wolf jaw and teeth could tear the throat out of a living, struggling deer. My gums itched as my teeth grew longer. See? That's what I mean, Marco said, trying to make sounds even as his human tongue and lips disappeared. In a few more seconds, he was able to switch to thought speak. See? That's what I mean. Look at how much better you are at morphing than I am. That looks very creepy, by the way. I had controlled the morphing so that the wolf's head appeared completely formed before anything else happened. I was a completely normal girl with just the downiest growth of fur and a massive, shaggy wolf's head atop my shoulders. I didn't really think much about it, I said. Sometimes my brain just seems to have its own ideas about morphing. The rest of the morph continued. My knees reversed direction. My legs grew smaller. Rough pads replaced my feet. The fur on my body grew long and rough and grayish in color. I fell forward onto my front legs, no longer able to stand. The wolf's instincts began to surface, but I had done this morph before, so I could handle them easily. Then the wolf's senses came on, replacing my human perception. The forest was an entirely different experience to the wolf. It was as if I had been transported instantly to some totally different place. My human ears had noticed almost nothing. A bit of wind, a few chirps, the rustling of leaves. But the wolf's ears heard everything. They heard some large, four-footed animal about a hundred yards to the right. They heard squirrels gnawing acorns in their high nests. They heard insects crawling beneath the pine needle floor. They heard cars on the far distant road. And the ears were nothing compared to the sense of smell. Let me just put it this way. In terms of smell, all humans are blind. We smell nothing. Maybe we smell a flower if it's right under our nose, or a chocolate cake baking in the oven. But we are the morons of smell. Wolves are the geniuses of smell. You have no idea, no idea at all what it is like to have that wolf nose. Ah! I cried in shock. Yeah, Marco agreed. I'd forgotten. Wow! Hello! It is exactly like being blind, and then, all of a sudden, being able to see. The wolf smelled the horses in our field. The wolf didn't just smell that they were horses— it smelled that they were fully grown and healthy. The wolf smelled every flower, every tree, every leaf, every mushroom. It smelled water in three different locations and knew which stream was sweetest. 
The wolf smelled a chipmunk, a dozen squirrels, voles, rats, mice, deer, a dead sparrow, a raccoon. No, two raccoons. And it smelled me. I mean, it smelled my scent from the clothing I had just morphed out of. It smelled the scent of all the birds and animals in my barn that I had touched or even walked near. It smelled things that were three days old. The human who had walked through these woods days before. The other wolf, an old male, who had passed by. The smell of dogs and cats and trash. And one very strange smell that I realized had to be the scent of an andalite. Axe. When you put it all together in your head, the sense of smell and the hearing, it was as if the entire world around you was crawling and seething and exploding with life. Cool, Marco said. Way cool, I agreed. Let's go. Let's run. Wolves like to run.